Praise Jesus. Church, say amen. Hallelujah. Now it's offering time. And God loves a cheerful giver. You can't be God giving them a how you try. We're taking a one offering on tithes. What is a tithe? It's a tenth. If you make $300 a week, God's asking for the first $30. That's a tenth. He didn't ask for a fifth, fourth, third. He asked for a tenth. If you make $200 a week, the first $20, he said, try me, test me, and see. If you miss the Sunday, make it up. The Lord will bless you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now, what, what time is the snow, snow supposed to come about? Four or five? 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 Wait a minute. I think I'm hearing from the Spirit. Hold it. I think the Spirit is telling me to keep you here to six. All right, come on.
Let us stand that God's blessings might be invoked upon these gifts, all things. And of thine own have we. Amen. Amen. Now we have our praise dancers followed by our choir. I can only imagine when that day 
bless the Lord. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. As your word says, and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Thank you for this Lord's Day. Thank you for the ministry of music and dance. Thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit. Now, God, move by your spirit. Teach us thy way, O Lord. Lead us in the plain path. Move the preacher out of the way. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, amen. Church, amen again. Bless his name. Praise him. Hallelujah. Praise his holy and everlasting name. When David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. We do bless his name. This morning, as we continue our series in making sense of the miracles, and I want to throw this at you, that Jesus did not perform all the miracles. There were miracles performed by the apostles. There were miracles in the Bible performed by Satan, the Antichrist. When we say making sense of the miracles, we want to put them in the right context and let you understand the rationale for why God allowed what he allowed. We're in John chapter 10. We began this series with John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana, which was the most private miracle. This is the most public miracle. And as a good Bible student, we first go into the text and perform what we call observation, just reading over and over what's there. And then we move to interrogation, that's tearing down the text. And then we move to interpretation and we end with application. Too many people want to give you application, they haven't done observation or interrogation or interpretation. As we look at this parative, I want to this, this, this narrative, rather, I want to go back up to the previous chapter, chapter 10, and verse 38 is the theme of the series. Jesus said, but if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am him. In other words, Jesus saying, if you don't believe me, believe my works for my work's sake, and no other man can perform these miracles. The other thing we learn is in verse 41 that although John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, although John the Baptist was a prolific preacher, proclaimer, and prophet, he never performed a miracle. Look at verse 41. And many resorted unto him and said, John did what? No miracles. Meaning that it's okay to be a preacher without performing a miracle. Amen. Can I get a witness? Yes. 
Amen. You don't need miracles to authenticate truth. You need the word of God and the Holy Spirit to authenticate truth. And then there are three contrasts we're going to cover this morning. And I want to point two of them, uh, three of them out. First, there's going to be a contrast between Mary and Martha, two sisters. These two sisters represent you and I. One was contemplative, that's Mary, deep, quiet, restful, contemplative. She rested at Jesus' feet. The other was a little contentious and confrontative, <laughs> that was Martha. One rested, one was rambunctious, but they both loved Jesus. Amen. And then the other two contrasts we'll look at will be the two important things that point to why we doubt God. The stone and the stench. We're going to look at that. The stench is, they said, by now the body stinks. Telling Jesus, you can't bring him out of the grave because he stinks. And some of us, the problem with some of us, when God wants to work, you keep making excuses why he can't work. I'm going I'm to deal with that. And then the grave clothes are only worn by people who are bound. A lot of folk in the church are wearing grave clothes. They have not come out of the grave clothes. They're still worldly. They still want to be like Hollywood. They still want to be accepted as society. Only dead men wear grave clothes. Only people who are bound want grave clothes. We've been freed. Do I have a witness? Bear with me in this narrative. We've been here before. Today, I'm preaching around the subject of deliberate delay. A deliberate delay. Delay is never a delightful feeling as we consciously crash in our confidences during a crisis. When God decides by divine design that he wants you to wait, be still, push back, not do anything, we sometimes have problems being still. No one really likes to be delayed. And you and I must pass through this dilemma of delay because God is not going to rush to your need every time you have it. God is not going to change his divine design because you and I are crying. There are some things that God is going to allow and do while we are in this state of delay. And, 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 and delay is God's divine timetable. Delay strengthens our sense of development and dependence on Almighty God, and delay always points to a dramatic 
deliverance. That everybody that's saved has to wait on God. The psalmist says, amen, that even nature has to wait on God. The earth has to wait till God decides to let it rain. The animals have got to wait till God feeds them. Can I get a witness? And, and, and so this thing about delay is something that needs to be thoroughly discussed for the people of Almighty God. Whether it's your prayers, your proposals, you wanting God to perform something or your provisions, there are seasons that we all must delay. God makes us go through this because he's doing something purposely that we have no idea of what he's doing. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so it's in this context that when we think about Abraham, listen to this, and, I, I, and, and this is why you matriculate through the Bible. Abraham was 86 years old. When God promised him a son, Ishmael came along, but Ishmael wasn't his promised son. Ishmael was a game plan that he and Sarah came up with because they couldn't wait. They didn't want to be delayed. And God made him wait, listen to this, at 86, 14 more years which made him a hundred, to have the promised son, knowing that in waiting to a hundred years old, the Bible uses language that Sarah's womb was dead and Abraham, amen, could not procreate. Couldn't have children, but yet God Against hope gave hope. I'm preaching already. There there are some things in your estimation, in my estimation, are against hope, but God still tells you there's hope. Can I get a witness? In other words, I can't see, I can't fathom, I can't understand how he's going to do this, but God does it anyhow. That he does the impossible when we don't think that the impossible can be done. Moses had to wait 40 years on the backside of a desert. At 40 years old, he ran from Pharaoh, a fugitive. God made him wait on the backside of a desert till he was 80, just to be called to the summit of Sinai. He didn't get his calling until he was 80. He had to wait. David was anointed king but had to run 13 years before he assumed the throne he had to wait and all of us know about the patience and perseverance of Job Job too had to wait it is here in John chapter 11 that we really see a classic development of delay and and one of the things I do as a Bible student is look for the proposition of the text look for the reason, what look look for the application of the actual text, that when you look at John chapter 11, 
it is, it is a story of design, development, and deliverance, but all of it comes through the, listen, comes through the crystal clear glass of delay. I don't like when God makes me wait. I don't like it when I have to be still and learn a lesson that I wouldn't learn by me moving. That it's in this context that <clears throat> the death of Lazarus, there, there is a classic development of delay Lazarus is sick, Jesus is summoned, and it looks like Jesus ignores the summons, lets him get worse, and ultimately, he dies. The town is mystified, the sisters are, amen, uh, living with a sense of indignation. And as we look at this extraordinary narrative, we, we, we need to be encouraged when God makes us wait. I don't know how many times I tell people who come for marriage counseling. I say, you know, and, and, I, and this is always predicated on the maturity of the couple. Sometimes I look at couples, they want to get married, and I say, no, y'all need to wait. I, I don't see the maturity to face the vicissitudes of a marriage in some people. You, you need to just be still and hold on. Can I get a witness? Y'all getting quiet. Amen. But the fact of the matter is, is that as we look at this narrative, I want to I look at and, and, and do this as expeditiously as possible. Now, verse 11, ch chapter 11, verse 1. First, we see the principle of delay. Say principle. Principle-based teaching and principle-based preaching is the strongest preaching you're going to get. It gives you biblical principles of the text. And the principle of delay is in chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. Now, now, now please, navigate with me. Now, a certain man was sick. Stop. The text begins with a sickness allowed by God. Uh-oh. Let me say something to you so you don't live a fatalistic life. For the Christian, our life is a series of appointments. Listen to this, no accident. No coincidence. One writer said a coincidence is when God performs a miracle and remains anonymous. Let that soak in. There's a certain man, specificity, who, who is sick and named Lazarus of Bethany, that's the town, the town of Mary and Martha, which is major. They were, this family was so profound, so known that 
the town was Mary and Martha's town. That's deep. How do I get to uh, St. Matthew's? Well, that's the town of John Green. And, 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 and when you look at the sickness, there is a, verse 2, a supporting sister, uh-oh, who anointed the feet of Jesus. It was that Mary, which what? Anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair. Now, why is this important in order to create disclosure of this text because the Holy Spirit is conveying that because you're sick and because you would dare wipe the feet of Jesus does not exempt you from trouble. See, some of us think, well, you know, I, 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 I teach, I preach, I sing on the choir, I'm in the kitchen, I, I usher, I, I, I dance. I do. That doesn't exempt you from going through something. Do I have a witness? In fact, it may nominate you. So, so we, see, we see a sickness, we see a sister who anointed the feet of Jesus, we see a message sent to Jesus. Verse 3, they sent unto him saying, Lord, now, now notice they didn't call Jesus, hey buddy, they called him Lord. Look what they said, behold, he who thou, whom thou lovest is what? Are you looking at your Bibles? I find this extraordinary. Four things we need to pick up from the text. Sickness, a sister that cried and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair in honor to him. A message that's sent to Jesus for help. And last of all, somebody the Lord loves. Let me stop. The word love there, because it's Jesus, is agapeo, the agape love. Now, when you go through the Greek and go through the different forms of love, sorge, S-O-R-G-E, sorge is a mother's love, a mother's love for a child. Uh, eros, E-R-O-S, is the erotic sexual love that's sometimes mentioned in the book of Song of Solomon, it's, 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 it's really a worldly love. It's a sexual type attraction, and we don't have that. And then third, phileo is a friendship love, where we get our word Philadelphia from. That's, that, listen, listen, the height of our love is phileo. That's why when Jesus said, Peter, Agape thou me, do you love me? Peter said, I phileo you. Peter, do you agape me? I phileo you. Peter, do you phileo me? I phileo you. Peter couldn't reach no higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, the best love you can give to me and the best love I can give to you without the Holy Spirit is phileo. Yeah. 
It's a friendship love. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells the believer can we then give agapeo love. A love that serves. A love that sanctifies. A love that supports. A love that sets somebody else before you. I'm preaching up in this place. But look what the Bible says. Ha! It is the one Jesus loved. Meaning, agape love is not about feelings. It's about function. In the agapeo love, I love you means I'm more interested in your well-being than in you being happy. I'm more interested in your well-being than you being happy. It's not a feeling, it's a function. It's not an emotion, it's an enlightenment. For God so loved the world. He didn't love the world because he was just caught up in feelings. Are y'all getting this? So when the Bible says, and he loved Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. Now, why is that important? Why am I taking this time? Because that sets the scene. It's out of the agape love of God that God can allow sickness God can allow a sister who is spiritual enough to anoint his feet and send a message to him to ignore all three because he wants a better outcome. Yes, sir. That's right. All right. See, we don't know how to love. Amen. And that's why when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and starts changing the way we love. You don't fall in love. You grow in love. Do I have a witness? I'm preaching up in this place now. You don't love from a selfish perspective. You love from a serving perspective. That every wife ought to say, say I want to serve you the rest of my life. And every husband ought to say, I want to serve, sanctify, and support you the rest of my life. Amen. I ain't get one amen. amen. I ain't get one. Amen. Nobody in the back stood up and said, amen, pastor. I, I ain't get one. Now, you're going to look at them awards tonight, all them folk in Hollywood that's been married 10, 11 times, still ain't happy, laying up with everybody, and you're going to clap and think that's great. That ain't great. And that ain't love. That's lust. I lust you. Well, how long does lust last? As long as I can think about it. <laughs> Woo, there's some good stuff up in here, Doc. Three principles come out of this text in the first six verses. First of all, 
there is the silent principle that delay is not denial. That's the silent principle. Because God is delaying something in your life, he's not necessarily denying it. Are y'all getting this picture? It might come later. It might come better. Delay is not what? Denial. First principle. There's probably things I've been praying for over the years that I forgot about. But God didn't forget about it. It just wasn't the right time to give it to me. Do I have a witness? The second principle is not the silent principle. It's a sovereign principle that delay is always by God's design. It said in Romans and in Jeremiah, I am the potter. You are the clay. I can make, shape, break, and mold you the way I will. Isn't he sovereign? Doesn't he do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and by, by whom he wants to do it? Then there's a strategic principle that delay will develop a dependence within us on almighty God. That his delays challenge our faith. His delays will channel our feelings. His delays will champion our salvation, our, our foundations. I want you to see verse 8 to 14 real quick, and I'm not going to cover all of it. His disciples said unto him, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. You can't go to Bethany. Now, of course, as he's speaking, Thomas speaks out and said, look, uh, if he's dead, let's go die with him. You know, Thomas was a radical. You know, oftentimes we think of Thomas Deutimus, the twin, as somebody that just doubted Jesus. No, he was a radical. He was a radical. He was a radical. He, he said, look, we, we can go die with him. We can, we, can, we, we can deal with the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. Let's go die with him. Interesting, Jesus said he sleep, which is figurative message for a saved person. No soul sleep, but he sleep, and then Jesus comes out plainly and says in verse 14, he's dead. Now look at verse 15 because it tells us design. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now stop. How can Jesus be God and not be there? I thought God was omnipresent. God was omnipotent, all power. I thought God was omniscient, knowing everything before it happens perfectly. Yes, he is. But when Jesus took on flesh, what he did was he humbled himself. He emptied out his rights to be everywhere at the same time. He had to be localized. If he's in Jerusalem, he can't be in Bethany. If he's in Bethany, he can't be in Jerusalem. See, that's the mystery of the incarnation that, 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 that Timothy talks about. He says, listen, how can, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hypothesizing, uh, this is hypothetical, how, how can God, the Holy Spirit, take him, Jesus, who's everywhere at
at the same time and compress him into a seed and put it in Mary's womb. While he's still controlling Colossians 2, the universe with the telepathic messages of his mind because by him, by Jesus, everything consists. Everything is held together. Do I have a witness? That, that's one of the mysteries of the incarnation. How could Jesus be on a cross dying and yet still be in God? And, and, and how, oh, Lord, this thing is getting good. How, how can Jesus be the bread of life and yet get hungry? How can he be the water of life and get thirsty? Lord have mercy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching up in this place. Fact of the matter is, mm, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Here it is, to the intent design that you might believe. There are some things that God is going to do in your life strictly to increase your faith. with a depletion of something. It will begin with you needing something and can't get it any other way but through him. I've been looking for a job but I can't find one. Then one night I just got on my knees and laid out and gave it all to Jesus. And somebody called me. to bring us to the end of ourselves. He doesn't want your help. He doesn't want my intelligence. He doesn't want my amen will to fix something. He wants you to come to him broken. He wants you to come to him frustrated. He, man's extremity is God's opportunity. God wants you to bring it all to him. Lord, have mercy and lay it on him. Do I have a witness? He, he, he says, nevertheless, let us go on to him. This principle of delay says that all delay is by design. All delay, amen, is sovereign, it's God's sovereignty when he's holding stuff up. Because if you don't walk away thinking and knowing that Jesus is in full control, you're going to get frustrated with life. Can I get a witness? You, you, can't, you can't sit up here and juggle life like, well, I, 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 I don't know how long. Oh, no, you got to keep looking to the hills. You, you, you got to know that he's in control. Do I have a witness? Uh, uh, child, child, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God. When the Lord, when the Lord took my dad, I was broken. I was broken hearted. I was in deep pain. But the Lord used my theology. Do I have a witness? A amen. The, the Lord is good. Any good? 
He's good when we're doing bad. He's, he's good when we get down. He's good when we're crying. He's, he's good when we're sighing. He's good! Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his God. Well, when is he good? He's always good. He was good when I was going to hell. He was good when he got me out of hell. He, he's good. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. He's good. Can I get a witness? When you understand who he is, when you understand what he's already done, when you understand he's too wise to make a mistake, you've got to praise him. you got to praise him. And you just can't praise him when everything's going good. you got to praise him in season and you got to praise him out of season. you got to praise him when they like it. you got to praise him when they don't like it. you got to praise him. Thank you. Lord, I may not understand what you're doing, but thank you. Lord, I'm feeling hurt this morning, but thank you. Lord, I feel like giving up, but thank you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Don't you be no sunshine, Christian. You can only praise him when everything is fine. You can only praise him when the kids are doing well. You can only praise him when the marriage is intact. You can only praise him when the bills are getting paid. That's a false praise. Somewhere God has got to interrupt your program. God's got to sit you down somewhere. God's got to let you suffer somewhere. God's got to take you through something so you can see who he really is. He's king of kings. He's Lord. He's worthy, worthy, worthy. That's why, that's why, that's why, that's why Job said, the Lord giveth. I wish I had a witness. And the Lord taketh away. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Be the name of the Lord. Your shout ought to be just as loud for the hurt as well as for the help. I'm preaching up in this one. Thank you. Hallelujah. But, but secondly, we see a process of dependence. In 1123, do I have a witness? Hanging there with me, I'm coming in for a land. And look what it says. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now Jesus prompts some discussion. Can I get a witness? Your brother going to get up again. And Martha, who went to Bible class, 
Thank God she went to Bible study. Martha said, I know he's going to get up again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, I don't have time to deal with this in its entirety, but see, Martha is referring to Revelation 20. The last day is the resurrection of the just and of the unjust. But Jesus says, no, resurrection is not a period of time. Eschatologically, resurrection is a person. The resurrection and the life. No, you didn't get that. <laughs> I'm the resurrection, but I'm the life. I give dead people life. I give hell-bound people life. I give people who are going down life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Lord, have mercy. And dare believe in me, will never die. Believers down there, I, I, don't, I don't know if you understand the impact of the words of the Lord. He's saying, look, he, 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 he that believe in me, a, a, amen, will live. He that liveth and believe in me will never die. Did you catch that? Did you, did you catch that the church does not die? Do you, did, did you catch, amen, the dispensational uh, uh, excuse me, <laughs> yeah, involvement here, that when we go, we don't die. The tense of the verb is the same, to be is to be, to be absent is to be present. Let me tell you why those two tenses are the same, because there's nothing in between. To be is to be, to be absent is to be present, to be, to... time that the believer can track his death. There, there is no time. You say, well, pastor was preaching, he fell out and died. You can track my death. I can't track my death because before my body hits the ground, I'm in glory in the presence of my Savior. Can I get a witness? Any Any Oh, Lord. Check it out. There's a sadness in the home. There's a gladness in Jesus' heart. There's a fastness in their hope. Isaiah 40 says, And who has been his counselor? Or who have taught him knowledge? Now, hang in there with me now. Coming in, coming in, I'm coming in. And as they go on, amen, Jesus is saying in this delay, I'm developing something. In this design by delay, I'm doing something. Can I get a witness? In this design, delay, and development, I'm displaying something that the crowd has no idea that's going on. And then the Bible says in verse 35, and then he wept. 
Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me stop Paul's and park here. He wept, he wept. Let me suggest three reasons he wept. First of all, he wept because of their emotional pain. Jesus was human. He wept. He cried. Saints, it's okay to cry. Somebody told you that weak people cry. Strong people cry. That's able to cry. When you internalize stuff and push it so far down that you can't even react or respond to it, that ain't strong. That's stupid. Because everything that we bury is going to come back up. Can I get a witness? Amen. And that's why people need closure. Are y'all getting this? I, I, I just need to get closure so I can move on. Isn't that right? That's, that's, that's a healthy way, Bruce, of dealing with the vicissitudes of life. Just let me get closure. Are y'all praying with me? Amen. And, and, and don't try to stop nobody's closure, as long as they ain't trying to close out for 15 years. Can I get a witness? Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at this, he wept because of their emotional pain, but he wept because of their public doubt. This whole crowd was doubting who he was, even his disciples. And then third, I want to suggest that he wept because of his plan. Listen to this. Jesus knew in bringing Lazarus back, he had to call him from paradise to come back to the sin-cursed earth, listen, and die again. Death for the Christian is not like death for the unsaved. Death for the unsaved, they're going to hell. They ought to cry. They ought to, they ought to weep. They ought to, they ought to scream. Can I get a witness? Death for the Christian is joy. It's graduation day. Can I get a witness? Well, I don't want to die. Well, you know, and, and that's one of the dilemmas in the church. Everybody want to live forever. Nobody want to die. You want to go to heaven, but you want to live forever. No, you can't have both. You got to just, 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 just say, I, I, I got an appointment with death, but I'm going to glory. And see, here's why we don't live worth nothing. Because the pastors and preachers are not preaching nothing. If I valued the word of God, that my life, my, the sum total of my life, ought to be walking in the spirit and not living like the world, then I have a whole different spin on what life is all about. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all getting this? Yeah, leave that one alone too. Amen. I want to please him. I want to live right. I, listen, I'm messed up. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I make mistakes. But in my heart, I want to walk with the Lord. Can I get a witness? Are y'all with me? Huh? And, I, and, and, ch and child of God, child of God, child of God, I want to get off that because I ain't going to get no amens at all. But the fact, the fact of the matter is because most of us put on religion and take religion off. And Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship between you and God. Can I get a witness? It's not a, hallelujah, listen, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. 
I was telling them this morning, I'm Greek friendly. Oh, you, you know, sororities, attorneys, love you. God bless you. The only thing I'm preaching over the years is the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Nothing you join, no organization you in comes to the level of him. belong to this organization. That's fine. That's fine. As long as that organization ain't doing the contrary to the Bible, that's fine. But your ultimate relationship is Jesus. Do I have a Y'all can't even say amen to that. Can I get a witness? Whether it's the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, whether it's the PTA, whatever it is, everything's got to bow to the Lordship of Christ. Do I have a witness? And the church ought to be radical about Jesus. Oh, I'm preaching up in here now. And the church ought not be political here and government-oriented here and uh, Congress here and running for off. No, 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 no. This is the house he built. This is all about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Can I get a witness? A, a, a noun unto him. shouldn't use this pulpit to run for mayor. Shouldn't do it. First of all, this is not my pulpit. This pulpit was paid by blood. Can I get a witness? Do I have a witness? Yeah, this pulpit ought not to be the launching point for civil rights. should not use this pulpit for you to march around Woolworth. You want to march, get out some tracks. Tell them about Jesus. Some of y'all got a problem with that too. Can I get a witness? This pulpit, this Bible, this church is exclusively for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And if you don't like it, tough. He's worthy to be praised. Let me close. <laughs> I've always been radical, so this didn't start either. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at this. The principle, the process, the product. Look at verse 38 and 39. First, there's a problem. Here's what we're closing on. The problem with Jesus getting Lazarus up is not his problem. It's the people's problem. They got a problem with the stench and the stone. Mm. What is the stench? By now, the body stinks. That's it. That's right. You can't get him up. It stinks. How dare you put in front of Jesus a reason why he can't work? And some of us, some of us stink up in here. We got a stench to our theology that limits God. 
we got a stench in our thinking of him that this is too far gone. It can't work. In fact, if you read the book of Psalms, listen, the, the morning comes after the darkest part of the night. So you say, well, I got a child and I've been praying for them and it, they look like they're getting worse. Well, that's good. They're getting darker. And before the morning is the darkest part of the night. That as you pray and see more darkness and see what you're looking for is them to become light. They got to get dark and darker and darker and darker before light can get them. Sometimes God will allow them to go down so deep before he starts pulling them out. Can I get a witness? They got to know that they know that they know that they have run out of options like the prodigal son. I've wasted everything I had. Now let me go back to my father's house. The stench and the stone. And some of us see this as a, and that's why I, I, I know I'm controversial. I'm going to stay that way to the day I die. God bless you. Because the church is not a place of entertainment. We will never entertain up in here. We, we, as long, we will never, not, not in here. You pay, your, you pay your dollar and then you go see the temptations and, you know, the miracles and James Brown. That's entertainment. We ain't doing nothing. This place is the exaltation of our Christ. And if Jesus can't trust you with his glory, then he can't trust you at all. Can I get a witness? That, that, is, that is the stench and then the stone. Who's going to move the stone? So Jesus says, move the stone. Now let me, let me, let me, let me show you what's happening here. Our doubts are the stench and the stone. Lord, I want you to do this in my life, but by now, the body is stinking. That's the stench. Lord, I don't know how he's getting out. There's a stone rolled at the door of the cave. That's the stone. We keep putting things in front of God that tells God, you can't do this because I'm struggling with the stench and the stone. Y'all ain't getting so Jesus says, move the stone. He makes them move it. Could Jesus have moved the stone? Well, he moved his own stone a couple days later. He, 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 he told them to move the stone. And then, then Jesus stood in front of all of the town, public display of power, Lazarus! Hold it! I got to stop pausing, Paul. Jesus, why did you call his name? Because I am the resurrection. And if I just said, come forth, Jeremiah would have got up and Moses would have got up and Nahum would have got up and Zechariah would have got up and can I get a witness? Daniel would have got up and Ezekiel would have got up. I, no, no, y'all go back. I wouldn't let Lazarus come The Bible says when Jesus called, a mummy came out of the grave. I got to go. This is a picture of our salvation. And you 
who are dead in trespasses and sins hath he called when Jesus called us we were snorting cocaine we were shooting dope we were smoking this smoking that partying and Jesus when Jesus called you you, you didn't say let me finish this jay when Jesus called you you didn't say let me finish this bottle when Jesus called you you didn't make excuses why you didn't come because he calls with power then he call with power and we came out of the grave like a mummy do I have a witness he called me from darkness and translated me into his marvelous light he called me out of confusion can i get a witness he called me out of the world he called me out of hell then he call you out of hell then he put you in a new place then he turned your life around then he changed your mind then he changed your walk then he changed your talk in the able, in the able, in the able, he's able. He called you. But listen to this, I'm closing. Then he says, loosing. When you get saved, you're still bound. When you get saved, you're still walking with grave clothes. You can't walk. It's the church's responsibility. Under the pastor, through discipleship, to loose the grave clothes. Every time you come to Bible study, we loosen the grave clothes. Every time you hear the word of God preach in this context, we loosen the grave clothes. Every time you go to discipleship class, we're loosen the grave clothes. Can I get a witness? And you can't walk until the grave clothes are off. It's the church's responsibility to loose the grave clothes. I'm going to say something that's going to trouble you. When I got saved, I still had desires to fornicate to drink to go out when God saved me he didn't deal with all them desires at once but as I got into this biblios as my mind was transformed he started cutting off my grave clothes can I get a witness I wanted to walk a different way. I wanted to talk a different way. I wanted to be a different way. I wanted to act a different way. Can I get a witness? Um, see, Jesus, once he calls you, then he wants to loose you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be loosed. In the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth has already been bound on heaven. He's worthy. And he worthy. He's worthy. It's a deliberate delay. It's a delay by design. It's a delay by development. It's a delay by deliverance. And one of these old days, he's going to deliver us 
Say yeah, he's worthy, worthy, worthy. Say yeah, say yeah, say yeah. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my song praising 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 my savior all the day long a deliberate delay by design development in deliverance. Let's stay on our feet this day. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here and you need to be saved, you need to give your life to Jesus. Believe in He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Just raise your hand, or you want to join the church, raise your hand. Is there one? I see your hands. Come on up. Is the, if your hand, come on up. Raise your hand. Come on up. Praise him. Jesus is Lord. Come on up. Come on up. One day I'm going to tell you, hold it, what I had to let go in order to embrace Christ and him crucified. You can't bring everything this way. You got to let stuff go. Can I get a witness? Paul says, the only thing I want to know about know among you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was a Pharisee. I was a lawyer born on the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin. Paul said, but all those things, amen, was garbage. I exchanged them for Christ. Did you hear that? You can't carry all this stuff to heaven. You got to let some things go. Is there another? I want to join the church or be saved. We praise God for you too. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now, how old are you? All right. 22 and 25. Let's, 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 let's get somebody from Chosen to go back here. Go ahead. Get somebody from Chosen. Praise his name. Praise his name. Oh, I, well, I wish I was 22 and 25. My goodness. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, is it the stench or is it the stone? Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Christ. Thank you for this great narrative on deliberate delay by God that you're always doing something.
We praise you for the outcome. Now dismiss us with your choices, benediction. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let the church say, Amen. See you Wednesday night, Court. Love you. All right, don't, all right, don't rush home. It ain't going to snow to next month. <laughs>